I am putting this video up to announce that I have decided to uh, publish and make freely available the book I wrote in the summer of 2019 called Chasing Quicksilver. If you've followed any of my work, you know the brand. Um, you know I've used this expression. It's in a signature of my emails, and I wanted to uh, put up a bit of, an, of a preface, an author's preface to the book about uh, about who it's for and why I wrote it and uh, and where that stands now. Um, when my daughter, uh, who is certainly turning 19 years old uh, and has trans-identified and begun a medicalization process uh, in the last year, which is probably why you're following me, because I've I'm active on Twitter and Substack and other platforms talking about this issue that affects our kids all around the world and the horrific uh, approach that we are taking with unproven medical interventions and radical surgeries and uh, horrifying medications given to children, making them lifelong medical patients. Um, to, uh, in theory, solve a psychic problem. And the psychic problem goes to the root of why I wrote Chasing Quicksilver, and that's the question that we all ask ourselves in life, the biggest question I think we can possibly ask. And the question that if we ask opens up a doorway within us to a connection to a higher sense of purpose and meaning and, um, and richness of life and experience. And that question is, who am I? I've given away the... <laughs> when you listen to the first chapter, I've given away the, the, the end of the joke. Uh, but it's, it's an important consideration. Now, about, I guess it was seven or eight years ago, I commuted my daughter to school every day, and it was about a 35 or 40-minute drive. And um, she's an amazingly intelligent uh, young woman, she was a precocious reader. She's incredibly creative, a talented artist. And uh, she helped me edit the first chapter of my book in the summer of 2020 and gave me better writing critique than, than any writing critique I'd had in writing school. In the late 90s, I attended the University of British Columbia's writing program. And uh, that, uh, I think, consensus tells us is the second uh, best writing school, or at least it was, uh, up until it was ideologically captured uh, a couple of years ago, uh, to the Iowa Writing uh, Workshop. And my daughter at the time was 15. We were driving in the car from Ottawa to uh, the school outside of town in another community, uh, because uh, her mom and I live in different places and our week-on-week-off schedule had things as such. And she was very, very interested in what they were studying in school, Greek mythology. And she said wistfully, wow, I like, I, you know what, Dad? I wish, you know what I wish? I wish I could go to Mount Olympus. 
I thought about it for a moment, and I've been studying comparative religion and mythology since my early 20s. So by that time, well more than 20 years. And my curiosity about the question of the nature of our souls and who we are um, brought me to travels in comparative religion and mythology, off the beaten trail topics perhaps, the I Ching, the Order of the Golden Dawn, the occult revival of the 1900s, tarot cards, Kabbalah, yogic mysticism, Vedanta, integral theory and integral philosophy, spiral dynamics, voodoo, magic, indigenous traditions of the Turtle Island people. In fact, I traveled through Western Canada and the United States while I was in writing school as a sidekick in a small delegation along with a, a Dutch Maori uh, ordained Christian minister who had been a chaplain in the UN peacekeeping forces in Bosnia and in uh, Africa. He was a bit older than I was at the time, had done a few tours as a chaplain and had established a, a parish um, in British Columbia. Uh, and we traveled on his medicine journey in a Volkswagen van, <laughs> meeting with um, uh, some less than mainstream uh, spiritual practitioners we traveled through a cult circle, and we also met with many traditional elders, storytellers, and knowledge keepers. His ultimate aim, which we ended up getting to, or at least he did, uh, was to get into or get down into Arizona in the Four Corners so that he, uh, on his medicine journey, um, would bring uh, gifts and prayers to uh, Grandfather Dan Ibahima, the eldest elder of the Hopi Nation at that time. And as a young aspiring writer, I traveled along, and uh, and this shaped uh, and and evolved the knowledge and experience that I had very limited exposure to about, about our relationship with God, our relationship with spirit, our relationships with our own souls that I had received as a basically a suburban white boy growing up in an orthodox and, and quite authoritarian um, Christian uh, denomination. And I I make comparisons uh, to that uh, church that I grew up in and the role of my father uh, as having had cult-like structures and properties at the time. So my baby girl, Onwen, A-N-W-E-N, the name refers to um, Celtic mythology and Celtic ma magic, uh, the veil between this world and the next. Uh, there is a, a goddess, or a, perhaps you could uh, refer to her as a, as a witch or an archetype um, 
and it, who is personified as this force or this state that is not of the material world but just beyond it. Daddy, I, you know what, Daddy? Like, you know what I wonder? Like, could I ever visit Mount Olympus? My answer is yes, absolutely. In fact, we participate and embody that all the time. The structure of our psyche mirrors the mythological structure of reality. The mountain, as a metaphor or as an archetype uh, of Olympus, has an analog in uh, in the East. In um, I believe it's Tibetan. It may be a Hindu model uh, called Mount Meru. But this structure, this psychic structure or map is the same as the world tree, the tree of life from the Kabbalah, the tree Yggdrasil from Norse mythology. The roots go into the underworld trunk is the material world that we live in and the branches and leaves of the tree are in fact the supernal world that is the that is the the palace of Mount Olympus itself and strangely I guess and I'm a bit like Forrest Gump I don't always recognize things in the moment and their their profundity that's my child's name Onwen. It refers to that supernal world. She's named after it. Chasing Quicksilver um, is as yet incomplete. I am writing the final chapter in this period of time, the winter of 2022 as I grapple with gender medicalization and its infiltration as a, as a legitimate uh, practice um, to, 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 to expose our children to in the world and, and meeting people from all over the world who, who have concerns about this. And more so than ever, this book is important because of what it points to, what it reminds us of. It's a book about spirit. It's a book about soul. It's a book about memory and medicine and magic. It's a map to help us find out who we are and how we are and what we are. Uh, along the way, like Forrest Gump, I, I once did a certification, um, a couple hundred hours actually, in clinical hypnotherapy. I, I never practiced clinical hypnotherapy, but 
hypnosis uh, consists of language patterns and draws and guides our attention. And when I wrote Chasing Quicksilver, I wrote it with that in mind. And so as you listen to the chapters that I'm going to put up on my podcast, I'll post them here on YouTube, publish them on Shannon B. Douglas at Substack and other platforms. Um, It may seem confusing. And it's deliberately created in a way to allow you at your choice to explore ideas on multiple levels. And uh, you always have choice when it comes to uh, trance. And uh, you can allow yourself to experience it in whatever way is most appropriate to you. And you may choose to come back to it and experience it at deeper and deeper levels as you explore this. I had thought over the years that uh, at some point I would publish it as a book. That may or may not happen. But at the beginning of the pandemic, during the first lockdown, a good friend of mine left his job in radio and he loaned me some recording equipment and coached me on how to put together um, good audio. And as an amateur using decent equipment, I hope that it comes through as an enjoyable audiobook and I would love to get your comments and feedback. One small disclaimer of course here I'm already talking about gender ideology and medicalization of children and all kinds of problematic things. I am going to talk about indigenous and traditional uh, storytelling and I, there are stories that I can talk about from, from that uh, spiritual initiation that I underwent along with and thanks to um, a Nizhga traditional man from British Columbia um, from the Red Nation. My friend Joshua, who I traveled with through Western Canada and the United States, also part of this small group of, of men, young warriors uh, on a quest and uh, a Tibetan Buddhist, I'm sorry, a, a South Korean Buddhist monk, a master of Tai Chi and um, uh, and various traditional uh, magics, um, acupuncture and, and things like that that work with the chi of the body. And so we had four men Red Nation, Black Nation, Yellow Nation, and White Nation. I won't say any more about that. If you know what that means, you know what that means. People will find it problematic. Doesn't I'm sure they'll find it whatever ways. I arrived here in, in the Ottawa region from British Columbia in the summer of 1998, the year that my son was born. And his mother's family had 
had done work for years with the Anishinaabe uh, Kitikadzebe people um, from Maniwaki, Quebec. And one of the leaders of that nation uh, who passed uh, and lived a full and meaningful life was Grandfather William Commanda. Grandfather Commanda was the keeper of wampum prophecy and he was recognized as a global leader and contributor, worked with Nelson Mandela and many others. And at a spirit gathering that Grandfather Commanda hosted every year in Manawaki, Quebec in the summer of 1998, I, I participated in a traditional sweat lodge that was hosted by a, um, uh, a traditional medicine person um, and in conversations with him he suggested to me that it was time for me to leave the red road and that the dream and vision that I shared with him through the process of the sweat lodge indicated to him that it was my journey and my task to understand and find the lost medicine of the white nation Part of the stories that, that traditional people like Grandfather William Commanda shared with us uh, that the Hopi elders, um, Grandfather Dan Ivihima, that my friend from Nishka Nation, a nephew of Grandfather Joseph Gosnell, who was the treaty negotiator uh, for Nishka Treaty and, and the, the Chancellor of the University of Northern British Columbia in the last years of his life, is that in the time of the change or the turning of the age, the time of earth changes, I hear people talking about the fourth turning all the time. Christians talk about the end times and the apocalypse and all of these various changes in our, in the state of our civilization and the state of our species. But those stories were that in the great times of change coming, that were prophesied, that the Red Nation would remind the rest of the world about the things we need to remember in order to um, reconnect with ourselves with our souls, with our spirits, and with the earth that we live on. I dedicate this book to my little girl. Onwin. And I, I give thanks to the creator, my friend George Costnell. Joshua, Shikim. This is Chasing Quicksilver.